Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Dorchester Community Church. My name is Ali, and I'm going to be leading the worship team this morning. This is my first time back in the building that is the home of our church family, and it's really exciting to be here. So I want to say how lovely is thy dwelling place, O Lord of hosts to me. And if anyone else is feeling excited, then maybe they could wave their hands and have a clap. We're going to begin this morning by singing um, the worship song, Come, Now is the Time to Worship. God, we come here today to confess you as our Lord, to bear witness to your greatness. And we thank you, Lord, that we can share in this time together and worship as one body. In your name, amen. Please take your seats. And I think it's time for our reading. I know Roger's going to speak first. And I believe... Laura's going to read God's word to us. If you've got a Bible, it's Mark chapter 1. So it's Mark chapter 1, as Roger said, and we're starting at verse 14. 
So after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Thank you very much, Laura. Well, all things seem to be all change here, but one thing remains. I've still got my number 10 mug here. Isn't that good? Gives a sense of uh, sort of, yes, we feel okay now because there's Roger's number 10 mug. It may well be that you can't indulge with loads and loads of conversations one with another, but you can give somebody that you've not yet waved to a bit of a wave. So would you like to do that? Making the most of the opportunity to wave somebody who looks relatively friendly, Tremendous. Look at that. Look at that. Fantastic. What a shame we can't necessarily pick that up uh, on camera uh, at all. I don't know if you can remember being back at school and it was P.E., And at uh, this time of PE, maybe it was going to be a football match, and the PE teacher picked on two people. So we're going to pick on John, we're going to pick on Robin. So Robin would stand there, and John would stand there. And then one by one, there would be that sense of John and then Robin picking teams. Can you remember that? You stood against the wall then. Now, I don't know where you were in that pecking order of how long it was before you got picked. If it was something like a ball game, that was okay. But I want you to just use your imagination as some of us go back to our school days thinking, oh, I dreaded that. I'm so pleased that's not the case now. And I want you to imagine that Robin has been invited to the front. And John has been invited to the front. And they are going to pick the best quiz team that is possible at Dorchester Community Church until every single one of you is a part of one of those two teams. And I guess as John would look around here, John, who's been here a little bit longer than, than, than Robin, would think, well, I know Alan is a very intelligent man. I'll make sure I've got, uh, I've got Alan on my side. And, and, and Robin's not been around quite so long, so he's somewhat, uh, well, mistakenly says, I'll go for Ian Blackie. And, you know, so he ends up with Ian. And so bit by bit, we're going backwards and forwards as to who is going to be on what team. Now, of course, at the moment, we're all smiles, aren't we? We get the idea. But imagine if we did play that out. How would you be feeling when there were then... Ten left, eight left, six left, four left. You get where I'm going. None of us necessarily, unless we're Richard, who doesn't really get <laughs> we, we don't really want to kind of be the one who isn't picked or chosen. Jesus comes along and points the finger at four people. And he says, I want you to follow me. I wonder how we feel then when Jesus gets to point the finger because our reaction then as opposed to, yes, I've been chosen, that's great, isn't always the case when we think of this Jesus pointing his finger at us. Maybe at times we feel we'd rather keep our distance. Maybe we're wary of what his calling us may well mean for us. Maybe we're anxious about what's involved. It's bizarre though when we think of what he offers. Forgiveness peace, relationship, eternal life. Most of us here would have said yes, please, to those things. But of course, we recognize that after that kind of stuff, we're all very uh, busy, aren't we, in our, own, uh, in our own way. So we might not have time to drop everything and follow him. We might not have the courage or the know-how of how to fish. We might not have the energy or the emotional capacity to mend nets or do what needs to be done. Our passage today is quite a challenge from beyond the saying yes to Jesus because of all the good that he offers to our getting up from wherever we are and responding immediately to whatever his word is to us in our lives. 
It's a difficult passage to then just duck away from. We see the very immediate as well as the sacrificial response to those words. Well, they just got up and they followed him. Wow, what a response. What led them to respond how they did? There were no bright lights, no rolling thunder, no visions, no angels dressed in bright clothes. Jesus says, come with me. And they just left everything and they did just that. Not exactly an easy, let alone a responsible thing to do. But it indicated something of their intentions, their seriousness and their readiness to be taught how to catch people. So why did these guys respond as they did to Jesus? Well, think about that very briefly. If we were to ask Peter, his brother Andrew, and then the two brothers, James and John, to tell us about the circumstances surrounding their call, we might be surprised to discover that, certainly initially at first, it had nothing to do with the cross. Now, our own call, our own responding to Jesus is as a result of all that he did. And we can look back to the cross and and the empty tomb as being a reason why we want to follow this Jesus. But it wasn't the same for them. In fact, when we read about Jesus calling his disciples, both here in Mark and elsewhere, there was no mention at all of the cross. Jesus simply commanded them to follow him. And he promised to make them something that they currently were not, fishers of men. And having heard that call, they responded immediately. It's not the first time that Jesus had encountered Peter and Andrew. We can see that from John chapter 1. And since James and John were likely uh, partners with those guys as well, you can check out Luke chapter 5 for that, they probably also had prior contact with Jesus. So this call did not come out of the blue. That's probably quite important. Information is needed before there's going to be transformation. People need to know, don't they, what they're being called to and what they are being called to as well as who. Whilst God can, of course, be God and we need to allow God to be God, to just zap people, ourselves included, where uh, they are or where we are, preparation is the usual course towards conversion and then change, isn't it? These guys may well have been baptized by John, so were prepared for the way. Uh, Maybe they were then waiting for that word, waiting for that invitation to come. There was certainly an evident authority, wasn't there, about the words of Jesus. And as we're here this morning, and as we're watching this maybe at the broadcast a little bit later during the day or during the week, what we need to recognize is this. When God's word carries that force with it, what's important are two things. One is our response, and secondly, the immediately. Because if we don't do things immediately, very often what do we do? We put off doing it, don't we? Now, we're we're nodding there. You weren't sure whether or not you were allowed to speak back to me through the mask, were you? And even if you did, I probably would have only heard, it's the correct answer. (laughs) Jesus calls ordinary people. I, I really like that. He doesn't call superstars. The first people Jesus calls here are fishermen, common men working a common trade. Historians say that an average of around about 300 fishing boats would be in the water at every, any given day on the Sea of Galilee, which would have been about 65 square miles. There would have been a fisherman, many fishermen out there that day, and yet Jesus handpicked four. Four. Who's the best four out of all these? He just picked four normal guys what was special about them nothing what was special particularly about you and me as and when we responded to that call from him nothing and it's not that we're insignificant but rather it means that there's nothing in and off of ourselves that ought to lead us to be feeling any sense of pride about i'm a christian or wasn't this good that i worked this out at all it's all about him it was his call It was his initiative. It was his drawing us to himself. Jesus did the calling. It's not about what we do, but what he does. If you're not a Christian and are wondering whether or not you're good enough, religious enough, or anything else enough, the answer every time is that you're wondering about the wrong stuff. It's ultimately about him. You don't have to be special 
in any way at all. Just available and willing to say yes. What started out as just four fishermen and a carpenter, that number group is now estimated to be 2.4 billion people. Very often when we look back and read about the disciples, we, we see all their mistakes, don't we, in their lives. And yet it's not a bad legacy, is it? Four fishermen and a carpenter. And today, 2.4 billion people. If God can do that with four fishermen and a carpenter, we've got a lot more than that here. Just think about the potential of what might be through our own responding to God's call. And we're going to think about what that following of Jesus means after we pause to have a song sung. So we've got that opportunity for worship. Glyn is going to lead us in prayer and then there's going to be something special. But firstly, let's turn to God in silence. Song.
Good morning, everyone. As I thought about what to pray for today, I just, the church was laid on my heart. And I want us to pray not just for our church, but the wider church. And one, as we do a response, if that's all right. Um, so if I say, Lord, in your mercy, will you say, hear our prayer? Okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just lift your church up to you in these times. Where some of the key elements of what churches are just not able to be practiced or are severely curtailed. Lord, help us. In your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, when we come together for worship, I pray that even though we can't be singing to the top of our voices, that it will be just as pleasing to you, our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we're limited in the people that we can spend time with. And so our community is struggling, Lord. We can't support each other in the way that we used to. Help us to find new ways. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we lift up to you those that are struggling in this time. Those that are stuck on their own, that they have to be sheltering. Lord, be with them. Bring peace. Help them to know that you are close for those that are ill. Lord, protect. Bring your healing. In your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, help us all to stay strong in you. Help us all to lay our burdens upon you. And help us all to find peace when we come to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Thank you. Hello, community kids. Dennis the donkey here. I need your help this year to tell the Christmas story because we can't get out and about like we usually do. The puppets are going to record a video telling the Christmas story. And although this background looks all sparkly and Christmassy, it's not telling the story very well. So we'd like you to do us some pictures of the things that happened in the Christmas story, right from when the angel visited Mary through to Jesus being visited by the shepherds and the wise men in the stable. You can do the pictures however you like, using pens, pencils or crayons, but paint would be best because grown-ups love their children doing painting at home. The main thing is that the paper is the right way round. It needs to be landscape, like this. Not portrait, like this, but landscape, like this. Send your photos of your finished pictures to andrew.pinder at dorchestercommunitychurch.org.uk by email or get a grown-up to email it for you once the paint has dried. Then we'll tell the Christmas story using the pictures you send us as the background. Maybe you can send two pictures of different parts of the story. That way, we'll have more chance of getting the whole story and not lots of pictures of the same part of the story. Although I am very good with computers, gigabytes, bandwidth and so on, I will be having some help putting the pictures 
on the background because no one's invented a computer that someone with hooves can use. To give us time to do all this, we need your pictures no later than Friday the 13th of November. I'm really looking forward to seeing your fabulous pictures. Bye! Fantastic. Can we give another round of applause, please, for the puppets? As ever, tremendous. Tremendous. Okay. If you've not yet waved in that first slot to somebody, this is your second opportunity to wave at somebody else who looks amazing and try to communicate something else other than that wave. This is your opportunity. You've got 10 seconds. Go. It looked as if Lisa was doing the birdie song then. I'm not too sure what all that was about. Okay, back to Mark chapter 1. I want us to think very briefly about that whole element of what following Jesus is all about as we look at these few verses here. When Jesus called these four fishermen, they were able to physically disembark their boat, weren't they? And then walk the shoreline, shoreline with Jesus. They were able to physically spend time with him, which you and I cannot do because physically he's no longer here. But he left a figurative trail for us to follow in his life. In the New Testament elsewhere, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, God says these words, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. We are to live as Jesus lived, to speak as Jesus spoke, to react to people as Jesus reacted to people, and also to endure suffering as Jesus endured suffering. He left us an example for us to follow. And he kind of like hinted that in John chapter 13 through the washing of the disciples' feet, you may well remember, so that you and I follow literally in his steps. Following Jesus means living as he lived. Following Jesus is also regardless of whatever is ahead, whatever is ahead. When Jesus called those disciples to themselves, to himself, He didn't unpack all that that following him was to entail, did he? All that it would require. It's obvious that the following him meant that their relationship with him would take priority over all other relationships. James and John, they left their dad, didn't they? You may well recall. It's obvious that there would be some measure of some sort of socio-economic cost as well. They left their nets, they left their boat, they left their hired help, their other workers there. Yet there's no mention at all here of the martyrdom that was going to be coming down somewhere down the line for them. That later on many of them would experience. Though we're obviously further down the line historically than these guys here, The lesson remains valid for the likes of you and me, that Jesus doesn't always spell out in advance, does he? All that it means to follow him today and then tomorrow. If he did, or if we knew what was maybe around the corner, some of us may want to think twice about whether or not we even want to start. Because sometimes that road is tough, isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can nod behind a mask. That's okay. I get the nods. That's fine. It's not always a bed of roses. Far from it. If we answer the call of Jesus to follow him, then his mission automatically becomes our mission. That's very clearly marked out here as the whole concept of catching fish. Also, that we might recognize that there's some things maybe that you and I need to leave behind. And it's good to take stock from time to time about what that might be for us. You can read that that phrase, they left, twice in those few verses that Laura read earlier. For those guys, they left their nets, they left their jobs, they left their security. They left what they had known and they left what they had got used to. And they followed Jesus. Sometimes God lifts us up out of our comfort zone 
as he calls us afresh into a different area or season or ministry, doesn't he? Following Jesus should be regardless of what is ahead. And that includes tough times that may well be ahead for us. Following Jesus should also lead to transformation. There was an immediate sense of reordering, if you like, that was going on here. It wasn't just a a, a one-off experience, I don't think. If COVID has taught us anything uh, at all, and and this, I think, uh, continues to be the case even as we speak, there are times where we need to repeatedly take stock as to where we are and what we are thinking through as to what is right or best in the now. Isn't that true? We're wrestling with that, and mayors of towns and cities are wrestling with that up and down the country. And you'll be working that through with your family and your friends about who's in and out of your bubble and and what that really means and who can be in your home and who can't and should they wear a a mask and should you wear a mask and all of those sorts of, of things. We should also be continually taking stock like that, though, in our own following Jesus as a matter of course. That taking up our cross daily and following him. Well, what did that mean yesterday? What does it mean today? This week, what's maybe coming that we maybe need to think uh, that through for our own selves? Amidst that following, maybe there are things that you and I need to think as a part of that taking stock. You know what, I'm going to leave something behind. For the fishermen, it was their nets, but that was a big thing. Maybe... There's something else that God is saying, I want you to leave that behind from this moment on. And that could be different for each and every one of us, whether it's a material something or some form of of addiction or a habit or anything else that we're struggling with right now. You may well, for some of you, have something coming to the forefront of your minds. Pray that through as to whether or not that is God's spirit speaking to you. Jesus said, as a part of that whole transformational package, he said to them, I will make you into. They weren't already fishers of bed, were they? They weren't already there. They weren't the finished article. None of us are. And what Jesus was saying was from where the starting point is, there's going to be transformation that's going to be needed for you to become the people, the person that I want you to be. That's something that ought to be reflected as as a very relevant challenge for ourselves. We didn't have the whole lot downloaded the moment uh, that we became a Christian. That transformation ought to be an ongoing uh, process, didn't it? The fact, though, that there is a starting point and a statement of intent as to what these men are going to become highlights to anyone considering following Jesus that although he loves us as we are and accepts us as we are, he wants to make us into the person that he wants us to be. He wants to gift us in that area of the ministry that he wants us to have. There's a transformation. And that wasn't just something that went way back at all. Otherwise, we become the finished article overnight. And if that's true for everybody else, I have to be honest, it certainly ain't true for me. We've got a long way to go. Lifelong learners, isn't it? His aim is for transformation. People becoming Christians and staying the same is a pretty naff advert for Christianity, isn't it? People being Christians... And staying the same is another naff advert for Christianity. It also doesn't say much, does it, for the transformational power of Jesus. The one who we would declare is our risen saviour. The God who is in all and above all. Wherever we are at right now, be open to his ongoing transforming you. Every now and then I hear this phrase from believers. But this is who I am. And of course, that sounds such an okay phrase, isn't it? Well, this, this, this is me. This is who I am. But there's a danger with that. Because it either can suggest that we don't feel God is interested in doing anything more in us from this moment on. Or we simply don't believe he's got the power to do anything about, well, this is who I am. Do you see what I'm saying? It's very easy to justify certain phrases, isn't it? But this is me. But what what actually is involved in that if we look seriously at that? 
Give that to God. He's not finished with any person here or anybody that's watching this broadcast either. Following Jesus should lead to that transformation. I, for one, have got a long, long way to go. I recognize that. Lastly, following Jesus is worked out in community. It's great to be back here, isn't it, as a part of community, don't you think? Yes, it is bad. It is good to be back. There's something of that. I think it was John who said last week, even to be able to wave to somebody on the other side of the hall, which is why we picked up on that, John, this week. It made me, it's something that made me feel good. There was a connection with one of my brothers or sisters uh, here. And we can just give you a wave on the camera. We can't do any, any more than that at the moment. Make the most of this time, this brief time that we are uh, here. When we answer the call, we are, of course, answering that call individually, to be sure. Absolutely right. But we are, at the same time, answering that call in community. Because everybody who becomes a Christian is automatically a part of God's global church. And then it's up to us to work through which uh, are the the, the particular uh, group of God's people that we ought to be uh, uh, aligned to. And for us here, we call that Dorchester Community Church. When Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he was calling them from family to a larger family. And for us, as I say, that's church. And at such challenging times when physically meeting together is so hard, isn't it? And at times we know it's, it's even been illegal. It means that we have to work extra hard and be extra creative to express some form of of togetherness. I think that was why when uh, uh, we had our, our AGM, Joy put out this passionate plea about why not engage with Cafe Church? Because you get to see one another. We've got our, our mugs of coffee, we've got our Bibles, and we share uh, together. Paul led us through that yesterday in always, he's brilliant at doing this, but helped us engage one with another, as well as with the pages of Scripture about what, was God, what God was saying to us. How are we to work out in this time our togetherness of what it means to be church? Don't just wait for the leadership team to come up with the next thing. Think about how you can take on board what government guidelines are, but also balance that on one hand with God's word in Hebrews 10.25 that says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. How are we to work through that tension together? I hope it's that we don't just disappear and isolate ourselves completely jesus did not call people to follow him and then train them in isolation from others did he he called a group he called them to train them together in community they were followers of jesus together they were going to be fishers of men together to be fixers of mending nets together. That, that community, as we know, as the early church then grew and unraveled, at, at times was incredibly messy, wasn't it? It wasn't the perfect article at all. But they would all ultimately, as we know, forsake him when that shadow of the cross crept closer. But even that wasn't the end of the story for community. Because right at the end of Mark's Gospel, in chapter 16, verse 7, we see that community all together again. There may well be bumps and bruises on the way. And this is a difficult um, challenge that we face right now with the whole COVID thing and everything else and our response to that. But let's maintain that togetherness in whatever way it takes for us to work that out as to what it means to be community. Without that communal connection, we live in a bubble, don't we? Not just the bubbles that you're allowed to be in, but we live in a complete bubble, assuming maybe that all is well when probably quite likely it isn't, certainly for many people. Others that you would know as a part of, the, of this church, that you've got their numbers in the members' directory that you can make contact with. Some of those people are really struggling right now. Maybe we can be that person to embrace community and phone them up or send them a card or whatever it may well be, or even to meet them at the, at the park in, a, in an open space, to just remember that as well as our being called individually and to follow Jesus individually, we're also called to be community. We need his help and his pointers and his wisdom to know how we might best do that. There are four things in our following Jesus, maybe just on those few simple verses that we can think about. I've mentioned it means living as he lived. 
that it's regardless of what's ahead, that it should lead to transformation and that it's worked out in community. Do reflect on what God is saying to you within this. There's one nugget. Then take that away, but remember the immediately that Mark refers to. He refers to it 42 times in his gospel. Yes, because he's passionate about pumping through the rest of his account. But maybe there's something there that's demanding an immediate response from those who hear God's word as well. Let's let nothing prevent us from responding to that. We've got opportunity to reflect together now as two uh, songs are going to be played and sung to us. And then there's going to be an opportunity to share. An encouragement, answer to prayer, or some form of testimony. Only brief. Time won't permit for for too long. And then after that uh, time of sharing, we've got a video clip for community kids as well. But firstly, an opportunity to respond in worship.
Let's just remain in stillness, sense the presence of God amongst us. Wherever we are, just be still. It's before him. Wait on God's spirit. He's here. as we have an opportunity to share together about who you are and what you're saying to us and what's encouraged us. May you speak. May we hear your voice in Jesus' name. Please do sit down. Now I'm totally okay if nobody's got, uh, got anything to say. That's fine. But what we do want to do is give you an opportunity to share. So let's just presume that somebody has already gone first. So those of you that are thinking, I can never be first, you're now going to be second. D. And as you come forward, you you can, you you want to stay from there or? Yeah, you're allowed to take your mask off up here, that's fine.
Hi, church family. I've missed you so much. It's been a long time. And I am so, so graciously saying to our Lord, thank you, Lord, for getting me here today, for the lift from Ian, and for just being here with my family and getting God's word. I thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you anymore. Other than that, because I'm going to start crying because I'm so excited. But it's just a joy, and I've missed it so much. Thank you. Carol. Can I say what Dee's just said, how precious you are to me, all of you. I've missed you so much. The weeks I've cried to be back here because I have no family down here. My son lives away and he's for such a dreadful time. I've had Keith in the hospital out of the blue. He had to have a gallbladder, um, a stone removed from his bile duct. So it's been quite a bad year health-wise, and it dragged me down to a depth I've never been in before in my Christian life. I've known the Lord for quite a few years, and I would never believe that I've survived seven months without you guys. But the Lord got me through it, and it came to Gloria through um, a newsletter we get uh, from our life group, and Gloria and David take it in turns. And uh, Gloria wrote a, a lovely scripture from Ephesians. And it was more or less that when God chooses you, he's given you a job. And you never, never retire as a Christian. You might think, oh, I've done it all. But no, there's always something that God will give you to do. And my life is here and the people in Dorchester. And it was what Gloria chose, the scripture she chose, that really just lifted me up out of the gloom that I got into. I was in a depth that I've never been in before in my whole Christian life. And I've had my... I've lost my mum, my dad, you know, you do as you get older. And it's such a pleasure to see you all here today, to see your faces. But to hug you would be wonderful. But thank the Lord, he gets you through it. So whatever, however low down you go, don't give up. He will get you out of it. He'll do it either through Revelation Television, the God Channel, Gloria, David, Roger, the leadership, people that I phone, Scripture, Scripture, the Bible is a living word, and what is in that book, it brings you back to life again. So now I'm back on my feet again, so now we're just going to wait to all get back together again. Bless you. Someone else got anything to say? Yes, Janine. Nice and loud, Janine. If you shout it out. Oh, we've got a microphone here. That'd be great. Thank you. I just want to thank God that last week, after waiting over six months, I was able to go to Salisbury to have a, a spinal injection to try to, remo- to ease the pains in my legs. I don't know whether it's worked yet, but I'm praising God for the fact that I've actually got there because they told me that I wouldn't be able to go while COVID was about. Excellent. Praise God. And th- great that you're here as well, Janine. Lovely to see you and Stephen here. Thank you. Anybody else got something they'd like to, uh, to share? This leads nicely into our time of celebration. So what's going to happen is Glim is going to go round with the tin. If you've got something to celebrate, I know there's probably somebody that's in the cafe has got something very special this week. Um, so otherwise, the chocolates will come to you, and Chris will be from here to then um, uh, repeat out to everybody what that celebration is. So Chris, if you want to come up now, and then after this... Uh, oh, hang on. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You've got to wait. Sorry, Chris. That's my fault. That's my fault. I forgot we got this brilliant video to sh- show you. Off the back of what we've been thinking about, this is particularly for the younger generation. We're all young at heart, aren't we? Kind of. So may well be that this would be something that you guys can put into practice this week. Here's a video that Laura and Rupert and Francis have prepared this week. Roger's been talking about when Jesus met with some fishermen. And so, because we're talking about fishing, we thought we would show you how to play a great fishing game. 
Now for this fishing game you will need some pens and some masking tape and some scissors scissors from the paper and colour them in so you've got lots of nice coloured fishies and then you're going to put your masking tape all across your floor so you've got your room separated in two halves and now we're going to watch us play the game. So you start with your line of fish like this and you've got to flap it so that you don't get any fish before the song's ended. Who's going to win, me or Rupert? Ready, go. So after the end of that game, me and Rupert ended up with the same amount of fish. So I guess it was a draw. Now in that story, Jesus was talking to some fishermen. And he said to them, drop your nets, come with me, don't fish for fish anymore, start fishing for people. Fishing for people. Hmm, that's an interesting one. I wonder if I might find some people around here. Oh my goodness, I've got one. I've caught a beautiful person. Do you think Jesus meant catch people with your nets? No. no. He said drop your nets, didn't he? He said don't take your nets with you. Now, what did he mean by fishing for people? He meant go and tell people all about how much God loves them. And don't let anybody get away. Make sure you tell everybody. And that's what Jesus and his disciples went to do. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to tell everybody we see how much God loves them. I wonder if you could go fishing for people today and maybe have a go at that fishing game. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Glenn's going to go around with the chocolates for anybody that's got anything particular to celebrate. I guess the people that have already spoken deserve a chocolate anyway, I would say. But if they want to add to that, that's fine. So which relative was that? Yes. Okay. So this is your grand. Yeah. So one of grand. Connor and Cameron are doing parachute jumps. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Dee's very proud of her. Yeah. Well done. I can tell you now, I would not do a parachute jump. <laughs> Anybody else? Francis. What's Francis saying? Francis' birthday. How old? Six. Happy birthday to Francis. Six years old. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Okay, what's our celebration here? Right, thank, 
Thank you, God, for our grandchildren and for being seven years old. Yes, thank you. Okay, I believe it's Alan's birthday coming up. A very young man. And Paul's got a celebration. Paul's birthday on Friday. Happy birthday, Paul. Couple more at the front. Okay, that's great. Ali Whiting's sister's been down this week. First time she's seen them since last Christmas, so it's great to see family. Uh, thank you for our families, God. Some more. Oh, welcome. That's Sam, isn't it? Sam. Welcome, Sam. Who's just moved to the area and is going to join our church. That's great. Maria. Oh, congratulations. Maria and Paul, wedding anniversary. Eight years. Well done. Anybody else? Is that Bella at the back with your hand up? Can't you come up with a good reason? <laughs> I, I think you deserve a chocolate for bringing Dee to church. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bella, Bella's turn. What, what have you got to thank, Bella? You saw a rainbow this morning. It was beautiful, wasn't it? That's worth celebrating. That's God's promise in the sky. Anybody else? Okay. Are you going to buy the next box, Ian? I, I, yes, yes. I think all our um, audio desk team and tech team deserve a chocolate. Thank you for the, the recording and the camera work. They all deserve a chocolate on the sound desk. Okay, shall, shall we pray? Lord, we want to thank you for the privilege of being able to meet with you and also with each other. Thank you that we can share with each other just by being in each other's presence and in your presence. We thank you that we're privileged to be called your children. Thank you, Lord, that you've sustained us over a, you know, a tough period and you've looked after us. We thank you for that. We thank you for our families. And we pray that you'll continue to look after them. We pray for all those that are not here today that are sheltering and keeping safe. We just pray that you'll bless them in their situation, that they'll feel your presence close to them, uh, particularly today, but in the coming days too. Take me, mold me, use me, fill me. I give my life to the potter's hand. Thank you that you've chosen us, you've selected us, you've drawn us. And I just pray that you'll help us and show us how we can fish for other people, how we can be that hook that catches them for you.
Help us all go to go now and bless each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been watching this uh, online and you're not used to what we do here at Dorchester Community Church. We'd love to hear your feedback. Any questions you've got, we'd love to hear uh, from you. Do please get in touch direct from our homepage of our website. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. You can now switch the camera off, David.